April 2008. During this time, there was a meeting in a rented hall for all the employees of Tolan's Toy Company. Mr. Daly was especially interested since he barely had any money left after saving all he could for a college education for his children. He was hoping for some relief. Maybe a union could force Mr. Toland to bring employer-supported health care that the employees never had. Maybe Toland's toy company could be persuaded to provide child care for its employees so parents could be free to find employment to help the family's finances. Mr. Daly was interested to hear that Toland's toy company was making tremendous profits. Some of these profits went back into the company for research and development, upgrading the facility, buying more modern equipment, but this was all accounted for in the profit numbers. Most of the money went back to Mr. Toland and his stockholders. No one wanted to give money back to the worker. That was just not practical. Mr. Daly was hoping the company would support a retirement program for its workers. If Tolans would contribute just an extra 1% or 2% for this purpose, Mr. Daly could free up some of his income for other things the family really needed but continued to do without. When Mr. Toland heard about the union meeting, he became furious. Those ungrateful scoundrels, he would scream. They should be glad to be getting a paycheck every two weeks. Let's see how they feel about a union after I fire the rebel rousers. And with that, Mr. Toland fired 12 of the most vocal advocates of the union and replaced them with new employees. Mr. Toland felt it was cheaper to train new workers than it was to cave in to the demands of a union. With this, the others backed away from the idea of starting a union. Mr. Daly's hopes were dashed. Angela, now 15 years old, took Angela Angel off the dresser where she had stood since she was born and pulled the string. Angela Angel said, I know what you are thinking, Angela. I do not believe this is a worthy wish. How do you know if it's a worthy wish until I wish it? Angela Angel, I wish that Mr. Toland would recognize the Toy Workers Union as the legitimate representative of his workers. And with that, Angela Angel said, Angela, this is not a worthy wish. Put me back on the dresser. Angela did what the doll commanded. November 2009 through January 2010. During this time, the Daly family's faith was severely tested. Ellis, now nearly 10 years old, came down with diphtheria. Diphtheria is a totally preventable disease that most children never get because there are shots children can take to prevent it. In fact, schools will not let you attend without these vaccinations. Unfortunately, since Toland's Toy Company controls the valley and everything there, including the school system, it was not unusual for this rule to be overlooked. Diphtheria causes a thick covering in the back of the throat. It can lead to breathing problems, paralysis, heart failure, and worse. Mrs. Daly could not help Ellis. Her doctor skills were no match for diphtheria. Mr. Daly took Ellis to the doctor and Ellis was eventually hospitalized. Mr. Daly had to spend all the money he was saving all his life 
to get Ellis the medical treatment he needed. When it seemed that Ellis was not getting better, Mr. Daly became frantic and irrational. He barged into Mr. Tolan's office and demanded that he provide the financial support for the best medical attention available to his son. Mr. Toland became indignant. You've worked here for many, many years. If you wanted health insurance, you should have bought your own or gotten another job that had it. I am not your father or keeper. It is your responsibility to look out for your own. The arguing continued and finally ended with security removing Mr. Daly. He was fired on the spot. Now the family had no income and Angela no longer had money for college. She would receive scholarships, but it was not enough to cover everything. Angela, now in her senior year, would be forced to go to work. That was not nearly the worst to happen. On January 25th, Three months after Ellis contracted diphtheria, Ellis quietly passed away. The whole family was devastated and distraught. Angela's grief was inconsolable. Ellis had always been her loving responsibility. Angela, now 17 years old, took Angela Angel off the dresser where she had stood since she was born and pulled the string. Angela Angel said, I know what you are thinking, Angela. I do not believe this is a worthy wish. How do you know if it's a worthy wish until I wish it, Angela Angel? I wish that Ellis was still alive. And with that, Angela Angel said, Angela, this is not a worthy wish. Put me back on the dresser. Angela did not do what the doll commanded. How could this not be worthy? This is the most important wish I could ever desire. You promised me one wish. This is the wish I want you to grant. Angela Angel answered back. I also said that I would only grant the wish if it was worthy. You must trust me to know what is and is not worthy. You are only a young girl and cannot possibly understand worthiness. But in time, you will understand. And with that, Angela put Angela Angel back on the dresser. Saturday, February 6, 2010. Two weeks after the passing of Ellis. During this day, Mr. Daly was walking the streets reliving the events of the past several months. Mr. Toland was in his office conducting business as usual. Mr. Toland often worked on Saturday, since the stores were always open. Mrs. Daly was working in the hospital. Her small salary was all the income the family of three had. Edward Toland, now 10 years old, was skating on the frozen pond near the bottom of the hill leading up to the family mansion. Thomas Daly, while walking in the vicinity of that pond, saw Edward skating. The sight of Yancey Tolan's son skating playfully while his own son lay cold beneath the ground spawned a loathsome anger and hatred for the man who ruined his life. His words from their last encounter echoed in his head. Then suddenly he saw the ice crack and Edward fall in. The pond was only about five feet deep, 
but with the frigid water temperature and heavy metal skates, Edward was not able to pull himself up wrapped in his bulky winter waistcoat. Thomas's first instinct was to run to Edward and save him. Thomas was a good man and surely would not let a child drown because of his hatred of the father. But Thomas was no longer the kind and benevolent man he was only one month earlier. His hatred for Yancey Toland stopped him in his tracks. When Mrs. Toland could no longer see Edward from her picture window view, she rushed down to check on Edward. When she got to the pond, she found Edward's bright orange coat shimmering below the clear cracked ice. She also saw Mr. Daly several yards away sobbing uncontrollably because he let his hatred consume his basic human goodness. She screamed, Edward, Mr. Daly, what are you doing? Why didn't you try to pull Edward to safety? After seeing Mrs. Toland frantically trying to retrieve Edward, Mr. Daly approached the pond, and with the two working together, they pulled Edward from his frozen tomb. Edward's lifeless body lay on the snow beside the pond. On February 6th, only 12 days after Ellis died from diphtheria, Edward lay drowned. The whole family was devastated and distraught. Mr. Toland's grief was inconsolable. Edward would no longer be Yancey Toland's link to posterity. After Yancey Toland was able to console himself, at least to the point where he could talk, he approached Thomas Daly with a hatred matched only by that of Thomas himself. How could you just let my boy die when you had the ability and opportunity to save him? Mr. Daly replied, How could you just let my boy die when you had the ability and opportunity to save him? But it wasn't the same. You were right there within reach, yelled Mr. Toland. You were right there within reach too, Mr. Toland. But you thought it would have been too expensive to save my son's life. Well, think about it. It was the most expensive price you could have paid not to save him. If you wanted to keep your boy safe, you should have hired a bodyguard. I am not your father or keeper. It is your responsibility to look out for your own. And with that, Mr. Daly left. February 7th, 2010. Upon hearing what happened to Edward Toland, Angela was shocked and ashamed of what her father did. She knew her father was grief-stricken over Ellis, but to let an innocent boy die was too horrible for words. She could not believe that her father had turned from a loving and caring man whom she adored into a callous, bitter person. Angela, still 17 years old, took Angela Angel off the dresser where she had stood since she was born and pulled the string. Angela Angel said, I know what you are thinking, Angela. I do not believe this is a worthy wish. How do you know if it's a worthy wish until I wish it? Angela Angel, I wish that Edward was still alive. And with that, Angela Angel said, Angela, this is not a worthy wish. Put me back on the dresser. Angela did not do what the doll commanded. How could this not be worthy? 
Is not the life of an innocent boy worthy? You promised me one wish. This is the wish I want you to grant. Angela Angel answered back, I also said that I would only grant the wish if it was worthy. You must trust me to know what is and is not worthy. You are only a young girl and cannot possibly understand worthiness. But in time you will understand. And with that, Angela put Angela Angel back on the dresser. March 1st, 2010. Five weeks after the passing of her brother Ellis, and a month after Edward drowned, the two families were still numb from the experience. They tried to maintain a semblance of normal life, but the sadness that surrounded both families was evident to all. Angela, while lying in bed this evening, noticed a strange glowing light striking Angela Angel. She had never seen this before and wondered if it meant something. She thought it must be the reflection from a light outside her window. She got up and looked outside and saw no lights. It must be the position of the moon, for only the day before there was a full moon. That did not appear to account for the glow. And with that, Angela took Angela Angel off the shelf and pulled the string. But instead of hearing the voice of Angela Angel as she always did, she was astonished to hear the weeping voice of her father coming out of Angela Angel. I wish I could go back in time. I would get health insurance if I had to eat bread and water every day. I would do anything to have my son back in his mother's arms. Angela did not know what to make of this. She put Angela Angel back on the shelf and lied back down on her bed. Then she noticed the strange glowing light on Angela Angel reappeared, only turning from a blue glow to a yellow glow. And with that, Angela took Angela Angel off the shelf and pulled the string. But instead of hearing the voice of Angela Angel as she always did, she was amazed to hear the sobbing voice of Yancey Toland. I wish I could go back in time. I would get health insurance for all my employees. If I had done that, Ellis Daly would still be alive today. If Ellis was alive, then Thomas Daly would not harbor this hatred toward me, and he would have saved Edward. I have always known Thomas Daly to be a good man. Angela did not know what to make of this. She put Angela Angel back on the shelf and lied back down on her bed. Then she fell to sleep. 